This is the Weekly Bull and Bear by WealthFest, a podcast for financial professionals. Each week, Drew Dockin and Tim Prati will have an in-depth conversation on what's happening in the markets. Good afternoon, everybody. Today it is October 18th. We're recording on a Wednesday. Right now, we're really in the heart of earnings seasons. Um, something that's happened today is United Airlines has fallen 8% after delivering soft guidance. There's fears of a broader war in the Middle East, obviously. Morgan Stanley dropped 7%. Um, weak performance amongst their wealth management division. But right now, we just have 10% of companies who've reported so far. 78% have exceeded analyst expectations, uh, I mean, which we is always to be expected. But, um, you know, and then we've seen gold rise uh, one month to the highest level in nearly a month. Uh, you know, it's definitely some volatility. Uh, Tim, let's kind of get into it. You know, what are what are your thoughts on earnings so far? Yeah. And the 10 year is also a big, big element of this, too. Yeah. I mean, we're just getting started really in earnings season. You get the big banks first, the big banks uh, for the most part, you did cite Morgan Stanley on kind of surprising weakness in wealth management. Uh, that's been such a great business for them. You know, the the Dean Witter and the, and the Smith Barney uh, acquisitions they made so long ago were nobody liked them at the time. And they were absolutely genius acquisitions for 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 my old alma mater. Um, tech earnings have started weak. Um, overall, tech earnings, top line and bottom line are down, as you say. Every quarter, 70%, 75% of companies are going to beat earnings. That's because they tell analysts where to put the numbers. They put the bar at a level that they can jump over, and they're revising those numbers right into the quarter. So you could have a company with negative revisions um, you know, month after month going into the announcement, and then they print a beat, and what is CNBC headline going to be? ABC beats earnings by three cents. And it, it just really doesn't mean anything. What matters is the overall trend. And what does guidance look like? Look, overall, I, I think we're still trending to about a 215 on the S&P for this year. So we're running at around 20 times earnings. Uh, and I still look, nominal GDP is going to correlate with earnings. And nominal GDP has been stronger than I thought. And 99% of other forecasters uh, would have guessed making up a number but it's the vast majority. Uh, and I, I, I do think earnings start to slow as nominal GDP slows, and you start to see some of the margin pressures uh, from a strong dollar, don't forget, you know, 50%, something like that, maybe it's 40% of S&P earnings, but 57% but of the big seven earnings uh, are from overseas. Not every company hedges currency, so you are gonna have uh, a currency headwind, and you've obviously got a labor cost headwind, and slowly but surely, you will have a cost of capital headwind uh, as you start to get uh, to companies having to roll over term debt. That happens slowly, but that is what people mean when they talk about the long and variable lags of monetary policy. The lags are longer in this cycle. More debt was termed out, both at the corporate and the consumer level, but cost of capital matters. That hasn't gone away. We don't, you know, I, I don't think that debt is a huge problem among the S&P companies. But as you look at smaller companies and you look at what we hear from the NFIB, which which um, which polls all the small businesses in the country, you're starting to see it start to uh, have a hit where where availability of capital 
is difficult. And then companies just not looking to grow because the cost of capital, the cost is just too great. It just won't pencil. The return on investment isn't there when you're borrowing money at nine and 10 percent. You mentioned kind of the magnificent seven. Um, one thing I'm looking at is the U.S. Department of Commerce just recently announced plans to ban restrictions on the sale of advanced AI chips uh, to China. This occurred just yesterday. I mean, NVIDIA is one of the magnificent seven, and we've talked about market breadth has been awful. They're a big part of that, especially with uh, the Chips Act and, and advanced micro devices has a sell off as well. well. You know, what are the long term ramifications for all these semiconductor and chip companies across the country that have been a huge part of this tech growth? You know, we'll see if the trend stays in place of um, of protectionism of geopolitically driven protectionism, but it's not just geopolitical, right? I mean, you know, uh, a big part of Bidenomics is growing the middle class, is growing manufacturing jobs, is growing skilled labor jobs in the United States. So it's almost like the geopolitical angle is the excuse to bring manufacturing and technology jobs home to the United States, all being fueled by the IRA in uh, the CHIPS Act. but. I, I think the geopolitical excuse is a fair one, right? I mean, we do need to maintain a technology advantage uh, over China. Look, you know, anybody who's a student of history knows whether it's, uh, you know, I won't go into, but technology wins wars, right? Intelligence wins wars, technology wins wars. Um, so it matters. Uh, and I think the trend stays in place because it's a it's a bipartisan trend, right? I mean, Every politician in Washington wants to sound tough on China. Uh, and the way to do that is these kinds of measures. Well, yeah, and it's interesting you mentioned, I feel like the geopolitics and national security is always the excuse to make investments, you know, the White House wants to make in the first place. Like Eisenhower built highways to so we could get away from, you know, nukes easier. Of course, that had ramifications uh, yeah. that were much greater than a nuclear war, you know. Yeah, uh, and, yeah. and as the MMT crowd will argue, um, look, the, the, you know, the core of MMT believing that we should do far more deficit spending in order to eradicate poverty. And the argument they make is, look, the money's always there when you need it for, you know, you name it, uh, national defense. It's only when it's, you know, eradication of poverty priorities that it, it is right. the argument that, oh, there's, there's, there's no money available. You know, in terms of retail sales, those numbers have been really surprising. Uh, they were up 0.7% on the month. Dow Jones economists only estimated, you know, 0.3% growth. Yep. Uh, and year over year, it's sales at 3.8 versus 3.7. Um, and then in this month, it drastically overtook CPI. So, yeah. I mean, that is very surprising, don't you think? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, we we're talking yeah. about a couple months ago, there was perceived slowdown, but that's not happening right now. Yeah. You know, Look, every time you can't every time the data goes against what you were thinking, you can't right. just blame bad data. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. But the trend like the BEA card trend is slower. Uh, overall, most consumption trends look weaker. If you look at NapTrack for restaurants, that looks slower. A lot of the a lot of the. Um, uh, so it's casual dining is weaker, but also re retail sales. If you look at look at the XRT, look at the XRT, which is the retail index, that is telling you uh, that de retail demand is weaker. Now the month to month 
uh, numbers are, are kind of volatile. Uh, there was a big miscellaneous category that was much higher. Um, but yeah, overall, look, the overall trend of nominal GDP and consumer demand is higher than people thought. And, you know, we had, um, we had George Robertson on the podcast and George always makes the point and he's kind of, he, he's, he's very loud about it is people forget the other side of interest rate hikes. While if you are a consumer of debt, uh, it, it makes your business more expensive. But if you're a saver, if you're one of the, you know, 30% of Americans, uh, roughly who have savings, you are making more money. So, you know, we had the COLA adjustment and so forth for, for Social Security, the 8% pay increase essentially for Social Security. So there is that other side of the ledger where your debt is somebody else's asset and savers are in a position where they're making more money. So I do think that there is a widening bifurcation, like there always is, but this seems like one of those times where there's a dramatically widening bifurcation where people who own assets, people who own, own homes or own bonds or whatever are now making more income uh, are doing better and everybody else, the majority of Americans are not. Um, so yeah, overall, um, the trends of demand are stronger than people thought. It's going to take a while for this big move in the trend year, uh, in, in the 10 year um, to manifest. Uh, Francois Trahan has had a great chart on LinkedIn yesterday that shows the lags, uh, but the very high correlation with a lag of retail sales to the 10 year. It's pretty tight, but it does take time. Like, you know, as there's been a lot of Fed speak last week, and I think you'll get the same Fed speak this week, is that the 10 year is doing a lot of the work for the Fed. Now, November has all of a sudden become a live meeting again because of that retail sales number. Um, but there is a going to be a meaningful drag from much higher mortgage rates. And um, I mean, but there's even apart from retail, we've seen a lot of growth in other areas, too. Right. The Fed reported that industrial production was up 0.3 percent in September. That was above, you yeah. know, the 0 0.1 estimate. So estimates across the board have been kind of been getting dwarfed. Yeah, yeah. Look, overall nominal growth is stronger than anybody expected, uh, and I think that so much of the fiscal support um, has really been stronger than people expected. You know, you look at the uh, employee retention tax credit, the ERC. That in Q2 was $45 billion. Annualized, that's $180 billion. I'm old enough to remember $180 billion alone was a big deficit. Uh, that is huge, um, uh, a huge tailwind uh, to consumers uh, and, to, and, to, and to small business owners, really, who are also consumers. So again, it's, it's more of that there's been a lot of support for asset owners, small business owners, PPP, et cetera, the COLA adjustment for seniors, but younger people, uh, wage earners, so forth, uh, where they depend on credit and credit is getting more expensive rapidly. I just think it takes a while for that to filter through and you're seeing the immediate effects still of the much higher uh, fiscal support. 
So, you know, we saw uh, Morgan Stanley's top equity strategist, Mike Wilson, said on Monday, the chances of a year-end rally are dwindling. He referenced breath. Uh, I don't know if he's a perma bear, but coming into this year, he certainly seemed like it, right? Um, but, yeah. you know, we even talked about this in our quarterly report, that the S&P's up 13% year over year. Uh, just yesterday, if we're looking at equal weight, it's down 1% on the year. So, yeah. you know, Apple, Microsoft, Alphabet, Amazon, NVIDIA, Meta, and Tesla have led this entire thing. Um, and it's time for the other, you know, 493 companies to do something if if you want to see some meaningful growth. And then on the flip side, if there is some kind of uh, contraction amongst those seven, it might be healthy for the market in the first place. Look, just from an equity risk premium standpoint, when you have the move that you've had in the 10-year, equities are getting more expensive relative to the risk-free rate. So look, I, Mike Wilson doesn't know what the market is going to do between now and the end of the year any better than me or my mom does. Uh, but he he's not a perma bear. Uh, he is somebody who looks at earn, earnings growth trends. That's the number one thing. And I used to work with Mike. That's the number one thing uh, that he's focused on. And what I think he's looking at is the likelihood that you see earnings revisions uh, to the downside. And if you don't have the support of earnings revisions in a world where interest rates and the risk-free rate has moved so much higher, uh, you know, it's hard to imagine what it would be that would stoke a big move higher in stocks between now and the end of the year. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just wild. It's You're talking about those seven market caps accounts for 28% of market, you know, the 28% yeah. of market cap right now. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be important to see how that plays out. I guess we can end on kind of the political realm. Uh, we got Jim Jordan now. The votes were a failure yesterday. Over this weekend, there was assumably 40 no's. The vote count ended around 20 no's. Uh, so they're doing it again today. Um, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, I mean, Scalise didn't do it, and we'll see if yeah. Jordan can squeak it out. But when you're looking at all the no votes – you know, there was a lot of McCarthy's, but there was also a lot of Scalise's and there was a lot of, um, you know, it was all across the board. So it'll be tough yeah. to get everyone, yeah. you know, in the same camp. Yeah. The best news I've gotten in the last two days globally is that one, and most importantly, is that 500 people didn't die in a in a in a bombing in a, of a hospital. That it looks like it was Hamas. It looks like it was self-inflicted with just you know poor rocket technology. But it didn't hit the it hit the hospital. So all of the fighting overnight about was it an Israeli rocket that killed 500 people or a Hamas rocket that killed 500 people? It wasn't either. Uh, and so that was just that was an incredible relief. I just thought that was the saddest piece of news. Uh, I didn't even first see that. Seeing that out, I, I, yeah. I saw the hospital. I didn't see that 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 it, that wasn't hit. Or yeah, as, as daybreak yeah. came today, and you had third parties, uh, you know, and uh, reporters who risked their lives, uh, people taking uh, pictures who at the scene show that the hospital actually wasn't uh, badly hit. It was actually a parking lot. People died, yeah. uh, but it wasn't 500 people. It wasn't children and doctors who will save more lives over there. Uh, to the point about Jim Jordan, look, Jim Jordan has no interest in legislating. Whether you like him or not, his job in the GOP is to throw rocks. That's just what his job is. And, you know, there's there's Democrats whose job is to throw rocks. But if you're going to be the Speaker of the House, you better have some interest in legislating. And he has none. 
so, you know, my prediction last week that maybe McHenry, uh, who is a bit more moderate than either Scalise or uh, Jordan, would have a shot at getting uh, the speakership. And I, I think that bet is starting to look better. I, I don't think Jordan is going anywhere. It, it seems like those uh, thankfully on the moderates in the GOP, uh, have stood their ground. And the fact that they have stood their ground, hopefully makes it even safer for more moderate GOP, uh, to stand their ground against somebody like Jim Jordan, because look, we're four weeks away from the risk of another government shutdown and the odds of that government shutdown. If Jim Jordan is the speaker of the house are a hell of a lot higher. Mm-hmm. I mean, and now talks of putting the bill together. I mean, I know the Biden administration was kind of pontificating a hundred dollar, hundred billion dollar bill that would be Ukraine, Israel, and border security. Probably there will probably be border security elements as well. Yeah. Just so it's something that's palpable for everybody. Um, yeah. You know, it's interesting. I I had no idea about the hospital. I didn't see it. Uh, I know I was reading the analysis yesterday that the Jordanians were off the table, the Egyptians were yes. off the table because of the hospital. So I yes. wonder if that changes the dynamics of uh, Biden's trip if they come back together, because that would be that could be a huge game changer if that happens. Yeah, it would certainly that was certainly uh, upsetting news that the Jordanians didn't even want to talk to the president of the United yeah. States. So maybe that gets put back on the table. Uh, we'll see. You know, it's a war, right? Uh, and the best laid plans don't survive the first battle. I know I'm screwing up that quote, but the whole point is we don't know what's going to happen, right? We don't know, um, uh, you know, you, you think of just the war games uh, of the exponential possibilities uh, that can occur. You just hope that there is some restraint uh, from the Israelis. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a big trip um, politically. If it goes south, it's, you know, the president's going to lose. If something comes of it, people are going to forget. Uh, I mean, really, the whole initiative is the, I mean, hopefully it somehow mitigates loss of life, um, you yeah. know, if you get the parties together. But, yeah. 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 Well, I hope, look, Biden, nobody's got more for, nobody's got more foreign uh, relations um, and Middle East experience uh, than President Biden, and I hope that uh, he's able to work some kind of magic uh, mm-hmm. o- over there. Yeah, he's known Netanyahu since he was in his early 40s, which for him is, right. you know, another lifetime ago, right? And, and Netanyahu right. too, so. Yeah, of so, course yeah. he's never yeah. liked him, and they've never right. liked each other, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but at least at least they know each other. <laughs> right, at least they're not strangers. Right. All right. Um, Sounds good, Tim. Well, uh, thanks for your time today. And for all our listeners and subscribers, uh, thanks as well. We're out. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the host and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of WellFest. The mere appearance of content on the site does not constitute an endorsement by WellFest. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. WellFest does not make any representation or warranties with respect to the accuracy, applicability, fitness, or completeness of the content. WealthFest does not warrant the performance, effectiveness, or applicability of any sites listed or linked to any of the contents. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Investment and investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal.